when you see kids are out there tagging or whatever, which is perhaps the least desirable or the least favorable aspect of graffiti, that it's important to remember that it's just a young creative person trying to find an outlet. And that could be the next great fashion designer or architect or something else. Stand that there is a, somebody desperately trying to find a voice creatively rather than being mindless or gang related or something like that. So I think graffiti in that it is something you do off your own back and something that can be a positive route towards something else. This week is the final episode of our Summer Artist Series. I had the honor of hosting a panel with all four of the artists. I really hope you have enjoyed this series. I hope that it's inspired you to create something, whether that be small or big or art or otherwise. Just get out there and be creative. Thanks for listening. Thank you all for being here. Thank you guys for being here. You know, we have said throughout the week that gravity is really designed to be beautiful from the inside out. So, you know, there's so much that goes into the development part, the real estate part, but really it's all built so that we can do stuff like this, so that we can have these kind of conversations that we can bring like-minded people together to have a space for talking about art and creativity and yeah, life. So yeah. So thank you. This is really fun to, to be here with you guys, with all of you. And we're just going to do a little Q and a, and, and I don't know how familiar you guys are. The audience is with, with our artists, but you know, we're really proud of the group that's here, all of the artists involved both locally, but, but certainly the four that are here with us tonight, I've admired for a long time. They've worked all over the world. They're really internationally acclaimed. And yeah, it's just a real honor to have you here at Gravity and to take the time off the wall. The weather has thrown a little curveball. So um, I know at least three of you are, are coming straight from the wall. So <laughs> anyway, let's start. I'd like maybe if you could just each just give a little introduction, just brief introduction of, of yourself and, and, and who you are and where you're coming from and anything else that you want to share. Kuda, you start? Yeah. I start. Okay. Hi to everyone. I'm Okuda San Miguel. I'm based in Madrid, Spain, and I'm traveling around the world to change the world <laughs> with my paintings and my sculpture. Hi, I'm Camille Gerda. I'm OG Millie. Born and raised in Jamaica, Queens, New York. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been painting since 2017, so I'm relatively pretty new compared to these guys. But I'm, like, happy and proud to be here amongst these giants. Yeah. I'm a muralist, painter, and, yeah. My artist's name's Pref. I'm from London in the UK originally. Yeah, paint murals and... Make paintings and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm Adele Renault and I'm originally from Belgium. Based, I don't know exactly where because I travel too much. And same, I paint, I paint paintings, sometimes murals, sometimes red murals, sometimes paintings, mostly 2D. Great, great. 
So many of you are familiar. We host a podcast, Shameless Plug Gravity Podcast, and all of you guys are going to be joining me throughout the weekend and we'll be producing episodes of the podcast. But one of the things that really is behind the podcast is really trying to get people to understand the life journey, the full life journey, what took you to where you are today, hoping that that the listeners can really see themselves in your journey, find something that inspires them, helps them as they go out in their own lives. So, you know, my first question is really take us back to the beginning. I'm curious about your early memories of 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 feeling connected to art, you know, whatever that was, if it was actually um, do you know becoming an artist or seeing art or what it was even just creatively that initially sparked your interest in in being an artist. Del, you want to start? We'll go the other way. Yeah. I mean, I remember drawing before walking. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's mostly the doing and the seeing came probably a bit later. Just practice, practice. Yeah, but really from an early age, you remember, yeah. you, can, you can think back and remember just loving to draw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I guess my parents must have given me the tools to draw. <laughs> there must have been pencils and paper lying around. Yeah. Thanks to them. Yeah, nice. good. Yeah, but similar kind of story for me, really. I think it's probably quite familiar to most people who end up making art or whatever is that they're drawing from a young age and stuff. But I think I realized from quite early on that I didn't have many other career kind of opportunities. I knew I definitely wanted to do something in the artistic world and everything else, you know, academically, I wasn't ever really that interested in. I was always fairly focused from quite a young age and made the decision at university to study graphic design, which was, I guess, what I thought at the time was going to give me a career, something I could always have as a profession kind of thing. And other people in my position at that time, I think, made that decision too. It's a story I've heard from other people as well. But yeah, I worked as, as a graphic art director, graphic designer for, for a while had my own design studio and stuff like that. And then before eventually focusing full time on my art, because it was always something I was doing in my spare time. And my first love before anything really was graffiti. And I think growing up in central London and being surrounded by it, when I was like 11 or 12, I kind of began to notice it. And it was, that was my first creative love. So I was always doing that outside of my profession. Um, and then eventually it was just a matter of, I sort of had to sort of pursue it full time because when I graduated, uh, wasn't really being a muralist or street art wasn't really a thing and what didn't exist. And so it sort of evolved as I, I watched it kind of become a profession. Some of my peers were beginning to travel and work and stuff. So yeah, eventually I just began to do that full time. Okay, great. When I come back to that, but we'll. Go to Millie. Um, um, I remember we vaguely talked about my, my first love was actually sports. I was a student athlete my whole entire life. I played basketball in college, like high school, and eventually worked up getting a full ride to play ball in, in college. 
So that was literally my first love before art. And then I had retinal detachment in both my eyes, which, yeah, which caused me to, was a graphic design major like you, um, wanted to pursue that professionally when I graduated. But due to my whole eye issue, I, I couldn't stare at computers for way too long. Even right now, everything's a little blurry. Yeah, so my first opportunity was from this street art organization called Spread Art NYC. So I'm from New York, so we have a bunch of like murals, street art organizations. So they gave me my very first opportunity to paint a big, gigantic wall. (laughs) I was more doing like, you know, pencil drawings, watercolors, anything, you name it. And ever since that opportunity, I fell in love with the larger scale of painting. I saw a bunch of graffiti artists around me and I'm like, wow, really, I want to be just like them. Um, and, and just, and just doing the larger scales, I think it provokes a lot of, um, emotions towards people who look at them. And I really wanted to pursue that in the long run because, you know, painting in large scale, it's, it's, it's a wow factor. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing art, street art murals ever since my very first opportunity in 2017. Great. I came from a small city in the north of Spain, the name is Santander. I started to paint graffiti with a few friends around 96. I moved to Madrid in 2000 to study fine arts and more opportunities there. And I start to feel that maybe could be an artist. Yeah, just growing up like slowly and, and started traveling and met a lot of different artists and, you know, a lot of things happening. Super slow evolution, but now I have a, a big studio with 30 people working with me. Yeah, it's great. I was kind of curious, you know, from, from each of you, the the support system, you know, here we're trying to create a place where people can collaborate and have support downstairs, you know, in the maker space. It's about sharing tools. It's about teaching each other, you know, supporting each other. And so I was curious, you all kind of touched on it a little bit, but whether it would have been, you know, the support from your parents giving you the tools or from friends or the, you know, the graffiti culture, you know, where was it that you found kind of the support to really give you the confidence that you could actually become an artist for a living? Turn it over to anybody. Um, Well, I think at least three of us come from a graffiti background and that's a very DIY mentality so you just learn to just do it like find the means you know doing it illegally so you can do whatever it takes to to do there's there wasn't any support of like grants or here's a studio go make art I mean I guess school was pretty good but I think that it's a good point about the graffiti because it's something that you do especially when I grew up doing it and when you grew up doing it it's there was never an idea of money behind it. The concept of being paid to do it wasn't wasn't even a thing. I mean, it wasn't even something anyone had done really before. Occasionally, you might get asked to paint somebody's bedroom or something like that, but it wasn't really like a career kind of thing. So you're doing it purely for the passion and for the love of doing it with your friends. I mean, there's, there's, there's no other, you're, you're purely motivated by the joy of it. So when it comes to making art, and anything else creative, I think people who have come from graffiti as a background really have that motivation just to do it. We don't wait to be asked by anybody. We're, we're not 
waiting to be paid or anything else. We just sort of get it done because we want to. And it definitely carries through into the rest of your creative world, I think, for sure. Yeah, for me, yeah, from New York, we have a lot of graffiti background, but I'm still kind of like, you know, new age, new school. So I do pay my respects to the OGs of the, the game that helped pave the way for, you know, street artists like myself doing these big murals, you know. So I owe a lot of respect to these guys. My support comes from friends too, like just supporting your craft. Um, I'm a student athlete too, so I have that mentality, like, the the don't quit mentality so that's been ingrained in me for a very very long time excelling over adversity that's always been my my motto Mm -hmm. so that's how i find my support it's just through my friends my family was pretty rough too and they you know i'm filipino american so they're like oh you should be a doctor should be a nurse and i'm just like the black sheep of my family i'm an artist (laughs) so it took a long time for me to prove to them that art i could make a living through art and it's ultimately my passion and like I don't want to you know spend my life hating a job that I don't want to do at the end of the day you know I don't have a passion for it so it was just me going against being a rebellious rebellious with my family too and just proving to them that you know there is money in art if if it's if there's an opportunity for it but at the end of the day it's like I love doing art I love showcasing like putting my artwork out there for people to (coughs) change like an emotion like I had a lady come by to my mural and she was like I love watching you work and seeing this come to life because it puts a smile on my face and to me that's like the ultimate like joy in what I do yeah that's great yeah, yeah. in the past I think I feel that like yes want to paint with my friends for fun travel for fun and to try to get your own identity but I don't remember that nobody support us, you know, maybe a few small commissions growing up, pay the, the, you know, the rent with, with these things, but like very slowly pollution and maybe start to, maybe the politics or, or, or another agencies start to support me or to, you know, to contract me a few years ago, you know, when you get like a good identity and you are, it's not before, you know, in the past, we didn't find, I think all of us, we didn't find like you know, like someone like you, maybe. Yeah, interesting thing because, you know, you you have seen the world of street art, the graffiti scene, which, you know, as you described, was just sort of out there, people, you know, spraying walls for fun and, you know, messing around. And it wasn't something today you see, and I know that, you know, some of you have done collaborations with, with you know, huge, huge brands. Um, it's, it's, there's been a huge shift in the, you know, kind of acceptance and in the movement in general. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, just how you feel about where it's landing. Does it feel good that you are now being recognized and celebrated and there's opportunities to make money like any other artist, you know, has, or do you feel like, you know, it's getting diluted at all from that original, kind of street energy. No, I I think that there's always room for both elements of what you're talking about. And uh, I think one thing that's really important to remember is that when you see kids are out there tagging or whatever, which is perhaps the least 
desirable or the least favorable aspect of graffiti that it's important to remember that's just a young creative person trying to find an outlet and that could be the next great fashion designer or architect or something else i think people are beginning to understand that now more and understand that there is a, somebody desperately trying to find a voice creatively rather than being mindless or gang related or something like that so i think graffiti in that it is very something you do off your own back and something that can be a positive route towards something else basically and i think more more people are beginning to realize that and support that as like a way and people are also beginning to see that it's potentially a career if you go about things the right way you can use that as a practice ground to then take your art to another platform or you know level i think it's really important to remember that fashion is very cyclical and graffiti has been popular and unpopular already a number of times throughout the years you know it had time in the 80s time in the 90s so it tends to go in and out of favor with brands yeah. there's nothing new now that brands are picking it up but hats happened historically you know it goes in and out so i think yeah it's always great when it does mm -hmm. yeah and then regarding the street art i guess graffiti was used by city official as a way to say this city is dirty we gotta put more security and police here or now it has shifted completely when you want to develop an area you better make sure you get some muralists in there first <laughs> So that's all a bit ironic, but same as cyclical, you know. And yeah, Seattle just said they weren't going to prosecute any graffiti or vandalism. I don't know what's the idea behind there, but it's probably a plan. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to see the cycle repeat itself, probably. Yeah. We're grateful we can make a living out of painting now instead of getting chased. <laughs> and Nakuda, I know that you've done collaborations with Adidas and Vans and Lacoste and some big brands. Just maybe speak to, you know, what that's like and, and, you know, how far it's come for you. Yeah, I think I use like, I don't know, in English, like mecenas, you know, when you want to do a big project and they give you all the budget you need, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes I use the, the brands to do that you know, or to do a different things uh, that you can do by yourself, you know, to fund. Yeah, artists used to have the church or and they used to, brand. you know, to something, someone fresh in your brand, you know, is, yeah, to see, both, both ways. Okay, good. Tell me a little bit about, yeah, Alex, you were kind enough to explain to me, you know, how you work, the, the grid. I'm not seen that before it's fascinating you know just the the arbitrary lines but the there's a role that technology plays and i'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts on on how technology is being used to do what you do and maybe how you see that continuing to influence the world of art as as it continues to influence everything that we're doing more and more um i think it's just this the same as anything as technology is always a tool really rather than like being the key part of your creative process and as technology progresses especially subcultures like graffiti or whatever always reappropriating stuff or mm -hmm. taking technology perhaps meant for something else and using it for uh 
mark making or something else but yeah the the grid that you mentioned i guess is just a way of mapping my work onto the wall that involves arbitrary mark making and then i take a photo and use photoshop to put my design on top and then i can see where it kind of lines up with, with the grid so i mean people were artists were doing that hundreds of years ago apparently using candles and glass and projecting essentially an image onto a canvas and they were tracing it. We've always been using what we can to try and get get the job done. I think technology will always just be a bit like that. Uh, I think when art becomes a lot about technology, it sort of loses something. Um, like if you're, I don't know, I'm trying to say here, but like AI. Yeah, yeah, after pandemic, I feel that I am very focused on, on create uh, new artworks with technology or with uh, IA, you know, like I did a metaverse for Telefonica, I did uh, uh, installations in Mexico or China that you can travel along my art in a mirror tunnel uh, with, with a screen behind. And I am very focused on that, you know. I think it's a good tool that we need to to, to use it, you know, like another one, like a spray paint or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting because you know a couple of you are coming from a graphic design background, where right, I mean, you you've been using technology to create from that standpoint. But it's interesting to see just even you know the iPad and how you make your grid. I mean, there are tools that you know make it a little bit easier too. Yeah, I know. Could have mentioned the coronavirus, but obviously people were having a trouble getting out of their house. And so this idea of virtual exhibitions and work shown on the metaverse really sort of began to ignite a lot of people's kind of imagination, really, I guess, in what could be possible. And I think a lot of people are exploring the metaverse, this idea of like 3D online world of perhaps the next social media platforms are going to be existing in this kind of format. Obviously, creative art is at the the core of all of that stuff. I, mean, I know that Facebook did like a metaverse kind of video showing about what it's about. And they even mentioned street art and installation art in that, which was like a sort of very preliminary kind of idea thing. But... Yeah. We talked a little bit about this at dinner, just the interest in getting into the studio and creating on canvas or sculpture. Pantone talked a lot about, you know, what he's doing now, getting off the wall and into the studio. Maybe you could just talk a little bit about, you know, what it's like for you to do both and, and why maybe you're more energized to do one or the other. Well, I think the studio is much more a space where you can experiment and the murals, you can't just show up on the big building and say, oh, I'm just going to experiment here. I have two weeks and, you know, you got to, first of all, you got to send rendering and get that approved by whoever's financing it. So you better just make sure you get the job done. So hopefully that part me, wasn't too hard. No, no. But I mean, for me, that's what I was missing when once you do just murals back to back there is just no room for experimenting because you're like five murals ahead sending your paint orders and your design. And like, when do you actually sit back and think and, and experiment and make happy accidents? 
I think we all reach an age where we feel the need to go back and do that. Um, but then, but then it's nice to get back out and do a big mural because you get a real kick out of painting, and seeing the reaction. Like it's two completely different things. Like you get direct feedback from the people seeing it. Mm -hmm. That's really thrilling and fun. But sometimes you just want space mm. by yourself, space to make happy accidents. I think walls are public spaces are a fast process and more fresh and you feel something different, you know, because you are on top of 25 floors, you know, and you can see the city and like nobody and it's super special. But when you were in the studio for a, for a big show, a lot of people were with you and you are focused on different pieces for maybe two months or three months, you know, it's a different process. And when I do a sculpture for the public spaces, you create for a month in the studio, but for to bring out two or three, you know, it's like a mix between the wall and between the exhibitions. Good mix. <laughs> you found the way. <laughs> so my studio space is actually my apartment. <laughs> so, you know, rent is super high. So I, it's also like my home too. So it's what I come back home to. It's my studio. I have like a little tiny easel in like the corner of my 250 square feet like room. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just say same with Adele. She mentioned experimenting so that's what I, I love doing i like i'm always a student of my craft never stop exploring different mediums and see what um i enjoy doing i fell in love with spray paint too so obviously that's more so the outdoors you can't really experiment with that but just learning from different types of artists and what they do i think that's important as an artist just seeing the techniques and he mentioned the doodle grid method i have yet to try that inspire me to try and do that um um so yeah just for me studio work is just my home my sacred place to come home to yeah i'm curious you know you've mentioned uh you know what inspires you and just being around other artists and and you know what i'm curious about is how your work is inspired like which inspirations inside of you or around you do you decide to then experiment with and and bring them into your craft you know i can imagine once you're known for a particular style that it might be easy to kind of just go with that but as an artist you know you want to evolve you want to experiment you want to try new things and so i'm curious how you choose to lean into that and and continue to evolve and and where you know the inspiration comes from that you actually take some risk with yeah i think everybody's different a little bit in how they work for me personally i'm always interested in reinventing myself and always think it's important not to be precious about the work that you've made and try to forget about it be able to forget about it all at some point and just press on with something else but personally i like to work more in like a in like a journey kind of a way mm -hmm. in like a trajectory kind of a thing mm -hmm. and it's less about being inspired by something really random suddenly one day and then wanting to make a piece of work about that but more about thinking about what you've done with your work up to that point and where you can take it from there moving forward mm -hmm. and i like to think of it like as either revolution or evolution and sometimes you're just 
evolving what you've been doing and sometimes you're revolutionizing what you're doing me personally mm -hmm. i like to yeah sometimes i like to just forget it all and start again and other times i'm kind of but it's always like an incremental kind of thing mm -hmm. rather than being like oh i heard a radio thing about i don't know going to mars so i'm gonna make a thing about that it's more for me it's more about like oh i've done this and that and what can i do next kind of a thing I feel that I need to keep connecting with the culture while going to exhibitions, visiting studios of my friends, traveling, of course, and never, and the inspiration never ends because that, you know, I need to. That's why maybe I live in Madrid, you know, in a big city that a lot of things happen all the time and I see a lot of different things every day and I have new ideas all the time, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's more difficult to choose which ideas you're going to actually mm. make into art than a lack of ideas. I mean, for me, it's, it's like 10 paintings a minute in my head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and yes, I mean, we love going to exhibitions like all the time, probably like five, six exhibitions a week. Mm -hmm. That's Internet too, it's, you know. Yeah. It's, Internet is in pandemic, yeah. you know. You can see a lot of different exhibitions from your house and, and the inspiration never ends too. Yeah, I wonder, do you see ideas everywhere you go? I mean, is everything sort of, you know, I could do something with that, you know, is that kind of how you see the world? Just walk on yeah. this, any, yeah. any walk on the sidewalk, I mean, yeah. like I said, like, oh, I could paint this, I could paint this all yeah. the time. So yeah. you have to shut it off sometimes, it gets really... <laughs> overwhelming yeah yeah, yeah. but i bet oh, maybe you could each just take a minute and talk a little bit about the work that you've done here at gravity you know what what's behind what inspired you you know what it is that that piece of work means to you yeah i bring one of my most famous icon and the name is chaos star and represent like the star that, that say you oh well what is the north south is west, but my cause star is like uh, you have to do your own way and not the the, the way that uh, the system tells you. You know, it's like uh, you have to do uh, infinite ways at your your own. You know, for your personal evolution. And I bring seven, six small ones and one big. Then the title is like the Los Hijos del Sol, is the Sons of the Sun. It's like a song that I remember when I was young, dancing in Monegros Desert Festival. It's a techno song from Ben Sims, mm -hmm. and that's why it's that title, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I remember when the show, when the song go up, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, dancing with my friends, and that's why it's like <laughs> the song and the stars, you know? Yes, those are memorable nights. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I heard that the seven that you have here and and I think most of them are out there's a couple more that we'll put out over time is maybe the most or the second most of any city in the country that you've um you've done work no it's the, it's the most the most second was Boston yeah I have six I'm very happy to <laughs> thank you Ojimeli so yeah my piece is in the Prieto building. I'm not too sure if you guys saw it. It's like right by the parking garage. It's the blue face girl. So my inspiration behind that was you actually you saw a previous work that I had with the faux florals in the hair. 
So it's mixing a 2D element of the murals and a 3D element with them, <clears throat> the faux florals that I'm collaborating with Oakland Interiors. So my inspiration behind that was breaking free of insecurities and representing diversity. I'm heavily part of the LGBTQI plus community. Um, so I wanted to create something that's just not like skin tone color, but more representative of my favorite color is teal. <laughs> so I wanted to make like a cool gradient with that. And like um, the eye has like a butterfly coming out. And for me, my, my parents always told me this quote, bloom where you planted. And that's the, the quote that I live by like for my whole entire life. It's my definition of that is wherever you are, like you're planted in whatever circumstances you may find yourself in just to, to nourish yourself in anywhere you, you go whether it's like work, your life, your job, yeah. So it's just literally blooming where you plant it. So leaving a mark where you you touch, basically. Yeah, my work is it's like a typographic kind of piece around the back alleyway of the parking lot, and it says embrace. Um, I always like wording that could be read in different ways. Like embrace is like obviously like a hug or like to embrace an idea or a concept. And so I always like the idea that whoever's looking at it can read into it what they want. But outside of that, it's just really, I'm really into really big lettering at the moment. And, you know, we come across words and lettering in daily life you know, all day long. And sometimes it's this big and sometimes it's this big, but hardly ever it's sort of that big, you know, and uh, sort of like trying to, you know, uh, make you look at lettering and words in a slightly different way and make them larger than life. It sort of forces you to look at it. Um, and other than that, just create kind of energy from the different colors and composition, really, it becomes a little bit abstract at the same time. You sort of have to figure out it is a word and what it says so i like that element of deciphering as well sort of you look at it and you like the sort of general vibe but then you have to work it out a little bit to work out uh, what it says yeah just as a side note alex's piece the original concept came over and i think it was just a quick yes right <laughs> i don't think there was any back and forth the, so, the yeah. embrace just immediately was embraced it, you know, seemed to really capture what we're, what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Adele. So I made a piece called uh, the meadow. Um, I was trying to make this parking garage structure disappear into a meadow. Things going pretty well so far. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's a hell of a bitch of a structure to make this beer. <laughs> yeah. We gave you the, staircase and the parking yeah. garage it's not an easy canvas is it no but it's it's yeah. good i like a little challenge and, yeah. um, i mean it's it's i was all thinking of credit, calling it don't cut the grass because it's basically just grass but, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are obsessed with their mowing the lawns here yeah. but, um, sometimes you can let it grow and it flowers and it can be beautiful too so think about it yeah well, that's really, you know, was was part of the reason we wanted you here is because we do want the parking structure to disappear. And it's not always easy to bring nature into an, an urban environment. So, you know, the idea that it's it's, you know, simulated is 
I think really has a lot of power. So, um, okay, a uh, couple more questions here. Talk a little bit about your impressions of Columbus, gravity, anything that you want to say just in the time you've been here. You know, I know you travel the world, but I'm, I'm curious to see any, any things that have stood out to you about Columbus. I was happily surprised. <laughs> I sent you to good restaurants, right? Yes. No, I mean, I've, I've traveled to a lot of towns in America, especially in the Midwest, where food-wise was pretty rough. <laughs> I, so, so I was happily surprised here. Yeah, I think they ate it. Not New York, but you know. yeah, that's not. But it's was no small town. It's it's really decent. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> Although I think you ate at the Chapman's Bar like three yeah, nights in a row, right? Yeah. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> I go back another time. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we're staying in the German village, so that's. It's a good start. I mean, it's beautiful there. And um, yeah, it's great to see all the development on this side of the river, you know, and see what's happening, all the new stuff that's popped up. And I didn't know anything about Columbus before coming here. So. But, but you did have a tie to Akron, Ohio. I we, do have we, a tie, yeah. My small step, world. My stepfather actually is from Stowe, actually. So I came here as a 10, 11-year-old kid. I would visit here. And I still have family in Wapakoneta, Ohio. My aunt and uncle actually visited yesterday. They were at the ribbon cutting. They drove down. So, yeah, it's pretty. It's a great to be back here. I haven't been back since I was maybe 11. So it's... It, this is probably not something that comes up often, but Alex is a big Cleveland sports fan. So, I mean, you know, who would have known? <laughs> For me, I joked around with Christy and Jess, had a project last month where I stayed a month and a half doing an entire restaurant in Centerville, Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> so yeah, I came back from that like maybe a week ago and now I'm back here in Columbus. So I'm pretty much a Midwesterner now. <laughs> I forgot about New York, but the food here is great. <laughs> the rent's a little cheaper too. Yeah beautiful space is nice and my airbnb has a walk-in closet that's like i gasp i was like <gasps> <laughs> just move oh here God. studio downstairs yeah right studio in the closet wow i think it's a quiet place to work it was very easy work with all of you and i look like that the people respect the art because if not uh, my uh, small sculptures, you know, <laughs> in another city, maybe. Still, you know. <laughs> I think they are lucky because have people and companies like like this one uh -huh. that uh, support art and culture, you know. Yeah. Okay, maybe just to wrap up, if you could leave us with a final thought and/or advice to others, um, artists, creatives, just anything that, you know, kind of stands out as you, you know, pause and think that you'd want to really make sure people heard as they're going out in their own journeys and maybe wanting to do some of the things that you've done. I would say just do it. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm really, uh, <laughs> I'm a really big overthinker, even though I'm trying to do it as much as I can. And 
I think a lot of ideas I had when I was a lot younger, still quite good ideas now. And it's the same for everybody. Just if you have an idea or an urge to do it, you just have to start to do it because it's not really until you do it that you can really progress. I mean, it sounds obvious, but you can think about something for as long as you want, but when you actually do it, it turns into something else. It gives you other ideas and sets it. So I would just say, just do it, whatever it is. Quit the day job. Quit, quit your day job. If you want to be an artist, I mean, it's the only way. <laughs> I think it's important to enjoy the way more than, than the end, you know? Enjoy the journey. Yeah, enjoy sure. And be happy just for creating. Yeah. Another life motto that I live by is you never know what you're good at if you don't try. So, yeah. So I literally try anything, take a risk. Um, yeah, you never know if you're going to be good at you know, something. <laughs> um, do we want to just take a minute, if there's a question or two from the audience, if anybody wants to ask them something I didn't cover? Yeah, Akeem, go for it. What, you mean like cooking and stuff like that? <laughs> I, lo I love to cook. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of creative, I guess, right? Yeah. For me, I'm a big adventure i like going on hikes i love nature i love retreating back to you know water and the beach and just like taking a time and to take a breather um and i'm an old soul too i love thrifting i love like finding clothes i'm a worker so i love fashion so i love you know doing all that that's what kind of breaks me out of um the funk i guess going to vintage stores antique stores retail therapy yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the question was what do you like to do creatively outside of, of your, your work? I think my passion is traveling too, because it's good for, for the creation, you know, for the inspiration. I think go to theater, um, um, help students, um, I don't know, meet another culture. Yeah, traveling, I think is the best. Yeah. Cooking too, yeah, because I I grew up in a restaurant, and that's why I love to, to cook and with food. <laughs> Sometimes uh, football, play football with, uh, with the team. Yeah. yeah, same, cooking and sports. <laughs> Cleveland sports. No, not Cleveland. Solo sports like running and... Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know if we mentioned, but they're husband and wife, if you didn't already know that. So, yeah. I want to just thank you guys again for taking the time. I know, you know, it's, um, it's been a lot. You guys are working hard, traveling around and taking time, not just to be here in Columbus, but to be with us tonight. And it means a lot to, to me personally. So thank you. And thank everybody for coming out and supporting us this weekend. Come by tomorrow. Mural Fest will be all day. It should be nice weather and a lot of fun. So thank you all very much. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 